0: Your Positive positive, Positive. imprint, 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 Imprint. Stories are everywhere.
1: People and their positive actions inspire positive achievements. Your PI could mean the world to you. Get ready for your positive imprint.
2: This podcast episode is also available as a video on my YouTube channel. Check it out. Your Positive Imprint. Hello, aloha. This is Catherine, and in Hawaiian, Catherine is Kakalina. I'm host of Your Positive Imprint, the variety show podcast featuring exceptional people around the world who inspire positive thought and action. Exceptional people are always rising to the challenge. Mahalo, yeah. listeners, for being here. Get inspired. Your Positive Imprint. What's your PI? Follow me on Facebook and Instagram, Your Positive Imprint, Twitter, What's Your PI. Connect with me on LinkedIn. And I have my YouTube channel, Your Positive Imprint, with a few videos available. I'm starting to slowly do a bit of video podcasting. Music, of course, by the very talented music composer and pianist Chris Knoll. Check out his fabulous music at Chris noel.com join my email list and continue listening from my website YourPositiveImprint.com, or as always listen from iHeartRadio, radio apple podcast excuse me apple podcast spotify google podcast or simply your favorite podcast platform and please tap that subscribe download or follow button as well as the five star rating i'd love that support and remember this is a free podcast. Your positive imprint What's your PI? Well the Alliance of Hope for Suicide Lost Survivors was founded by survivors for survivors. Alliance of Hope provides online healing support and other services for people who are coping with the devastating loss to suicide. Ronnie Susan Walker shares her positive imprints today about her difficult journey to her creating the Alliance of Hope for Suicide Loss Survivors. And, oh my gosh, how does one walk this journey? Well, Ronnie is joined by her daughter, Heather Shadur of Hawaii. Heather is the Director of Public Relations and Fundraising. Ronnie, Heather, aloha and mahalo for being here on the show.
0: Aloha. <laughs> aloha. Uh,
2: that's such a beautiful word in itself, isn't
0: it? <laughs> it, it is. And, and uh, you know, I often talk with lost survivors one-on-one on Zoom, and I like to end and begin every conversation with aloha because it means hello, goodbye, and love. Yes,
2: Yes, but on this podcast, I am meeting people all over the world, and they have, of course, in their country, they have their phrases for the same aloha, and one is kiora, and that is mari for stay well, be happy, mm-hmm. uh, take care, and I just learned a, one in Filipino language, and it's bahala na, so what happens, happens, life yes. is good. Yeah, mm-hmm. so
0: and I, and I think these phrases that we begin and end conversations with set a tone for how we conduct ourselves too. Now
2: with COVID-19 taking place, what is going to be our warm way to approach people and say hello? So I think that we're going to be using more words and maybe more emotional facial expressions. But thank you again.
0: I'm I'm, I'm working on making sure people can see I'm smiling with my eyes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you both are smiling huge, and it's just so great. And I'm so sorry. I mean, I'm just so saddened that Mike and I are not out there in Hawaii because we had planned on being there. Uh, this summer and, and heading
1: back. I know. That's one of the highlights of our, um, every year, you know, my partner who's Polynesian and who's descendant of the first settlers. And I um, always enjoy seeing our friends who come, visitors who come like you. You're one of the first people who met my, my fur babies. Uh, so I have a view of you from down at Hanalei Bay, looking out over Makana Mountain. Yeah. <laughs> which most people know as Bali High. And we named our dog Makana. Anilani, which means heavenly gift, and Makana. Some people think of it as a boy's name, but she's she's a very strong, tough little little titta, little strong, you know, girl. And you um, actually were there when we were getting ready to choose her, as you know, we had the pics of the litter because her her father, the Hawaiian surfing Pomeranian, um, you know, was the was the father of the whole litter. So you were there with us. Yes,
2: I remember. I have pictures.
1: Uh huh. Anti category.
2: Yes, yes. And our niece was with well, us I, then. So let's share your your journeys and and I think uh right now I'm going to start with with Ronnie and the whole actually let's start with Heather with growing up because that's kind of where your stepbrother and stepson come in to this is is your relationship as a family.
1: Well, you know, I um, was. You know, the roosters are crowing, by the way, and, and pitching in. So, if love in the them, miss them. <laughs> I, have, I have one that has a broken crower outside. So, um, but my stepbrother's name uh, was Channing Warner Stoll. My stepfather's name uh, is Channing, and he was named after him. And I still consider Channing my stepfather, although he's no longer, um, you know, Ronnie and he uh, divorced after after the loss. Um,
2: That's hard. That has I got to be so difficult.
1: That was one of the hardest things and so so he was 10 years old when he came into my life i was 15 and you know we were um a family for i guess 11 11 years took his life at 21 uh, and he was a beautiful boy um beautiful smile and beautiful blonde curly hair and his sister is julie And, you know, we shared many, they had their own home, but we shared many holidays and many Bears games and many events together. And their father was very much like my father for for many years, more so than my own dad. And so um, for me, it was just so devastating to see, you know, Ronnie can talk about her own experience, um, but but for me to see the family break apart, to uh, see the deep grief that, that Channing, my my stepfather, uh, experienced when his son died. I was just a couple years out of college, and so I was in the time when you're supposed to be, you know, you're in your first job, right. but you're also fun. And um, it was a really sobering wake-up call, um, you know, mid-20s, to have this happen and to have my mother be in such profound pain that she started to feel suicidal herself and wanted to come sleep on my couch in my first apartment you know outside of college um and it was just really um earth shattering for, for us and wow a tremendous, a tremendous loss to lose him but also the family just broke apart and and that was one of the i think hardest things was that
2: absolutely thank you for sharing that and opening up and and so ronnie i so i You know, this is the first time I've met you and I hear just wonderful things about you. And of course, you're founder of Alliance of Hope. So your relationship as a family was strong and then this happened. So do you want to talk about your journey? And you can start wherever you want. You can start with your journey as a family or you can go beyond that. Wherever you want to pick up that will lead us into your positive imprints of founding this tremendous and such much-needed organization?
0: Uh, Sure, sure. Well, I think that, um, you know, when someone dies, uh, you know, when someone in a family dies by suicide, I always felt it was like a grenade went off in our family, and it left everyone profoundly wounded, struggling really to survive. And so there was a lot of living one day at a time, and actually at one point I lived two hours at a time. Um, I wasn't, even though I was a counselor at the time, I wasn't, I didn't have a context for what I was feeling. I, everyone was broken, and I didn't have a context for PTSD or traumatic grief or complicated grief. I I just was on this roller coaster And uh, so there was a long struggle and um, a lot of processing. And, uh, you know, I can go back and I can talk about what I was feeling then and contextualize it now. But when I was in it, it didn't make any difference that I was a counselor and I was just living it. Um, So it took a long time to process. Um, There were all kinds of There's the initial loss, then there's the secondary challenges, the secondary wounds that come up. Uh, And a number of years later, you know, healing is slow from something like this. So it was a number of years later that I went to work leading support groups for survivors of suicide loss in Chicago for Catholic Charities. And I began to notice that there was very little online to support survivors of suicide loss. And I also noticed that the prevailing conversation in the culture that surrounded suicide loss was, you never get over it, you just learn to live with it, you've joined the club no one wants to belong Mm. to. Mm. I noticed that as soon as someone died by suicide, many people were being enrolled in trying to raise funds to quote, prevent suicide or expand awareness about suicide and I just felt something was off, and um, so I really sat down. I wanted to change the culture, change, you know, very much like what you're doing. I wanted to alter the conversations in the culture from never get over it to forever altered, which would give people a little more possibility. I'm not pretending that if you lose a child or someone very close to you, you get over it. The fabric of your heart is forever torn, the fabric of a family. But I thought that the words forever altered, able to survive, even go beyond just surviving to have happy, meaningful, and contributory lives had more possibility to them. And so it was almost like the universe just tapped me on the shoulder. I sat down to create a website. I added a community forum, not knowing if anyone would come. And people did begin to come. And uh, very slowly, it was a trickle of people from New Zealand or Australia or Denver. You never knew where someone was gonna join. Once every few days, somebody joined this forum that was up on the the internet. And it grew and it grew and it grew. And so it's evolved over the years. And today we have over 18,000 suicide loss survivors and the Alliance of Hope has grown to be uh, a community of people in a 501c3 nonprofit that engages in a lot of other activities to support lost survivors so that's a little bit of the of the story and you know i i believe this is a spiritual journey we call it a grief journey i think it's a spiritual journey uh in the beginning we struggle to survive and then we grow stronger and wiser and uh, along the way and uh can really tune in, I think, uh, when the initial pain begins to diminish, which is sometimes quite a, you know, quite a few months or years. But when that pain diminishes, we can kind of hear our yearnings or can hear the commitments of our heart and soul and move into action, and make a difference in the same way you're making a difference by doing these podcasts, and somebody called you something called you to do that. I think we each have a calling. And uh, so For me, what the Alliance of Hope is about is extending friendship and support to people who have been brought to their knees by this profound debilitating loss, extend friendship and support and hope uh, so that they can heal and then grow stronger and then make a difference in line with their commitments.
2: You are so well spoken and your journey has been long and of course without suffering, but... With that suffering, of course, are these amazing positive imprints? Because, like you just you just ended saying that when people heal, that they can take what they've learned and bring it forward uh, to help others and inspire others. And so, I I, I have questions on this because in our world. There's a different conversation that takes place with regard to suicide. So, and it's not the same conversation as with people who are in a car accident or in, or who have a, a cancer or whatnot. And so, that conversation obviously must change. And part of Alliance of Hope is putting forward the correct conversation on how to say how, what to say around a conversation at a workplace or at a church. And I think that's important. So can we talk a little bit about your journey and how you and Heather have been challenged with this? I mean, this is, this is your challenge because you wanna change it in ways that you are changing the conversation and what types of conversation we should be having when it comes to suicide.
0: Mm. (laughs) well (laughs) that's
1: a big arena (laughs) it is i just Uh, want to say before ronnie jumps in that you know we have the alliance of hope website was created by survivors for survivors and so it is really the the fingerprints you know when you talk about imprints i think that the the fingerprints of thousands of survivors are on our blog and our forum. And so what survivors feel and experience and the wisdom of those people who have walked the walk is really found in those places on our blog. And then also in our community forum, which operates like a 24/7 support group for thousands of people. And so there are all these sections where people grapple with, and I know Ronnie will have something insightful to say, but in the broader sense, when you go to uh, the forum or the blog, it's a lot of times people have said something to somebody that upsets them and they'll go in and they'll make a post and they'll write about it and then there's a conversation and a dialogue about it.
2: That's like, awesome, that's awesome.
1: On our forum and then there are blog posts that we will pull out of the content that some of the things that people are reacting to or talking about the most in our forum and you'll look on our blog and you'll see those posts have been reprinted you know, with permission Um, And they're usually using the forum member's name, which is an anonymous name, because when people join our community, it's all anonymous. So there's a whole post there pinned to the front of the forum about how survivors feel about the Suicide is Preventable campaign, which is coming up in September, the, the Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. And when people say suicide is preventable or when people say you should see signs. So it's a deeper conversation than we probably have time to fully explore here, but you can see that. And people can really read about that and it's a very important question that you're asking. So I just wanted to pipe in that. And now I'm gonna mute myself since the dogs are are barking in the background and let Ronnie speak here.
2: Well, you know, I, I just I'll interject here right quick. So Ronnie, that was a great answer to the question because with your forum, with your blog, that is conversation. So public it is a way to for the public for me and for others to learn about what appropriate conversation is so that we understand it better because most people, I think, around the world don't know what it is like to live with suicide loss. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, it's a very complicated grief. Oh, absolutely. follows, follows suicide loss. And sometimes I feel as if when one person ends their life, everyone close is hijacked out of life. It's like a pull and we have to struggle to stay and endure the complicated emotions that occur. Yeah, I think, well, I think guilt is one of a number of things that happens for people. Um, You know, there are just common difficulties that that occur for people. Um, Guilt, uh, internal dialogue, internal conversations Mm -hmm. of guilt or blame a lot of generalized anger uh, towards maybe other people who may not understand or it doesn't even matter it's a little bit like strafe the neighborhood if you cross my line of vision and for some people there it's just coming up as anger a uh, profound despair uh, bordering on suicidal ideation difficulty focusing uh you know there's just like there's a whole kind of array of common issues a lot of secondary wounds when people don't Understand what they're going through or they say something very insensitive So it's a little bit like being on a roller coaster or I used to say I was on a wheel of fortune of emotions I didn't know if I would feel 15 minutes from now I didn't know if I would feel angry or despair or anxious or it just kind of went all over the place Um, You know with regard to feeling guilty um, I think that as time goes on, people begin to process the loss and it does take quite a long time. Um, they begin to in the beginning, they feel that they could have or they would have or if they, if they had would have, I'm sorry, If, if it, it's kind of like if I would have, if I could have, if I should have, I should have done something that it would have prevented it. Um, I think People begin to realize as they go along that many of our conversations about suicide and suicide prevention are really oversimplified. Uh, And I think that the messaging around suicide prevention that we've been exposed to now for a couple of decades tends to reinforce the oversimplification in our culture. So we've been using the Western medical model and applying that to suicide. And the kind of conversation about prevention evolved into look for the signs. Somebody is dealing with a mental illness. You should be able to see these signs. If you see these signs, call an 800 number or get them to a clinician or a doctor. They'll give them some drug. It's all going to be treated because there's some chemical imbalance. That's a vast oversimplification. Sure. And and the fact is that when lost survivors hear that, and there's a wonderful article uh, pinned to the top of our blog uh, called When Survivors Discuss Suicide Prevention, they don't have that experience. They have an experience of sometimes there are no signs Mm -hmm. or sometimes something happened, but it could have meant anything. Only in hindsight... You know, there's something called hindsight bias. Hindsight just really distorts everything from what we knew before to, oh, of course, I should have seen it. But going forward, it really wasn't that way. Um, We also find that there are lots of psychotropic drugs that cause suicidal ideation and particularly trigger suicidal ideation, When combined with other psychotropic drugs or when somebody is taking something and then they go to the dentist for a root canal and they take Narco and suddenly somebody who's never been suicidal suddenly goes home and hangs himself. So there's these combinations of things. There's all of the events that occur in life, job loss or traumatic brain injury or post-traumatic stress from to war, or some other event being raped, that kind of thing. So it's a real societal issue. um, And it's very complex. But our suicide messaging hasn't really addressed that over the years.
2: Well, and and I can see that because, uh, you know, I, you mentioned PTSD. So there's a great, great a uh, podcast episode that I have with a music therapist, Mac Bailey, and he talks about music therapy and how it helps veterans with PTSD who suffer from PTSD. and what he talks about is what exactly what you're talking about in the sense that we as a not just society but uh, well a society, we have to deal with systemic issues. Mm-hmm. And it's not all medical, there's traumatic events that people have endured that they don't know how to get out of their mind and they need they need a real therapy to help them come and cope with these systemic issues and i they need
0: kindness
2: yes, and
0: we, we've spent many millions, maybe billions on academic research to prevent suicide but our suicide rates have simply gone up. Mm -hmm. Um, The first two words of our mission statement are kindness matters. And I think Heather said yesterday to me that she thought kindness was one of the most cost-effective and Mm under-researched forms of suicide prevention there are.
1: i out of what I said. (laughs) I said it's the best, most under-researched form of suicide prevention there is. I think kindness is the best, most under-researched form of suicide prevention there is. Yeah. yeah, it's a very dumbed down conversation. There's so many different paths to suicide, and I do think that wondering why and coming to a peace um, is one of the biggest you know things that I hear um, lost survivors trying to grapple with. And um, there's a woman named Iris Bolton who is considered the pioneer of the suicide lost survivor movement. She lost her son, I think, fifty some years ago. Um, and was one of the first people on Capitol Hill advocating for lost survivors. Very, very few you know, people have focused on on the suicide loss survivors. So Ronnie, uh, my, my mother, is considered a pioneer uh, in this world as well, and definitely pioneered the online support. But Iris is someone who is just a kindred spirit, and she was speaking at a presentation about how if you have a glass of water and you look, people wanna know what caused the glass to spill over. But it's every drop that is in that glass. you know. So coming to peace with that you don't have control over another soul's journey. Ultimately, you do as much as you can, um, you know, and not being tormented by what you could have and should have done. That's a big deal for survivors. And we yes. we posted um, last year during Suicide Prevention Month, Awareness Month, on uh, Facebook. We posted some graphics, and one of them was sometimes there are no signs. And it was like opening up a, a faucet, a spigot where thousands of people commented and and it was a real release for people to be able to speak that because they see these signs during Suicide Prevention Awareness Month and and it's like a blame, you know, that, oh, you're a mother, didn't you see the signs, you know? uh, You should have been able to prevent your child's suicide. That's a horrible thing.
2: That is a horrible thing
1: here and, and most people thought about that the conversation was just like we have said kind of dumbed down and so now we're having a chance to talk with other stakeholders and people at the American Association of Suicidology and share our thoughts and share you know <clears throat> what survivors what we're hearing from suicide loss survivors so I think we one of the ways that we try to help uh, survivors is to help increase awareness about the suicide loss experience and what survivors go through so that others understand. And there is this awakening, you know, about uh, how perhaps we can shift the conversation. Well, you know, Catherine, I want to tell you that we um, have visitors from 185 different countries. come Because we're online, Um, Ronnie often says, and I think this is very beautiful, that we transcend time and distance. So we have souls from all over the globe Mm -hmm. and gather together and the differences between their cultures (laughs) or their political biases or their faith, you know, the things that have, we've been programmed with throughout our life. We've raised, been raised with certain, um, traditions that we, we honor ourselves, but those things kind of separate fall away so that this culture that is joined together by this common bond can, can support one another, you know, that people can, can come together no matter what their, their belief systems are. And just in, in humanity, be with one another, you know, uh, hold the space for one another to heal and support one another. So we have, you know, a, a, tens of thousands of people who log on to the forum um, and they can come in any time of the day or night, no matter where they are in the world in the privacy of their home, which used to be a thing that people enjoyed doing. Now people want to get out more because of the pandemic, right? Right. Right. But, you know, but it in, in reality um, a lot of lost survivors actually can't function uh, at a high, high level and, and, you know some people aren't able to leave their home and to be able to tune in or log on I should say you know at three in the morning or you know whatever time of day or night is is really important <clears throat> because they have the support available whenever they need it
2: no, they can
1: yeah. so Ronnie,
2: when did you start this from i obviously the conception was a long time ago, but when did you start it as a nonprofit and got it off of its feet.
0: Yeah, I, I launched, I think I built the first website literally from my kitchen island. <laughs> and a lot of, a lot of help from customer service people who worked for the web company I was using uh, in the middle of the night, I'd call the Philippines and they'd be on the phone telling me, how I really knew nothing about it. Uh, I think that was around 2000. Did we become a nonprofit Heather in two thousand and Wait, wait. Uh, eight I think or two thousand and nine I think i lo- I launched it in two thousand and eight and then as more and more people came, I wasn't really thinking I was just thinking survivors need something so I wasn't even thinking nonprofit at the time and then about a year and a half later, as so many people were coming, I thought we're probably going to need to ask for donations to help with the hosting and this and that and so we applied for a five oh one c three and and receive that and then you know we've just kind of grown and grown and grown over the years Heather was a huge factor in terms of coming in to say well wait initially it was like wait a minute let me proofread what you've written on the website because you're selling (laughs) it you know and then she would come in with another idea and then she would bring one of her friends who who was advised us on something else so so many people began to come and so many people began to you know contribute their talents and their expertise and build the community and today we have over about 60 people volunteering on the forum to make sure that that stays a very healing culture and you know that people are supported and there are so many different people who work on different aspects of the alliance of hope Um, just people have have really made it a wonderful wonderful i guess organization
2: sure and do any of those 60 people that help out with the forum do any of them speak a different language to have outreach to some of the uh
0: we haven't you know it's so funny because i was just looking our forum is we use a particularly sophisticated forum platform uh and uh, it works very well and we don't, we're in English so we're serving people across the world who are able to converse in English. Uh, I was just noticing that there are translation apps for translating to German or Spanish or so forth but we haven't gone there yet mostly because we moderate so closely. Yes. So we're always looking for people who are suicidal in the aftermath we're looking for people who are posting too much graphic information or too much personal information or just simply who are so bereft they need support, they don't know how they're gonna get through the night. So we just do a tremendous amount of moderation and that would, I think, making it available in other languages is something that would take us to a whole other level of having to support it in infrastructure. It's something to look at in the future. We're not there right now.
1: I was going to also add that, um, so Ronnie founded the Alliance of Hope in 2008, and I had just moved here to the island of Kauai, and she came and visited me in my first home here, and I have pictures of us sitting at the kitchen table, not only did she start it at her kitchen table in my girlhood home, (laughs) Uh, where my stepbrother Chan also, Channing also lived uh, before he died, uh, she started it there. But then she came to Kauai. and I have pictures of us sitting there. I think she, you know, I think she was in a robe, or we were, just, <laughs> and just, yeah. and, uh, and she was working on the graphics. And she was writing out to Common. Uh, I think it was Flickr. Um, I forget the name of the group. Common something or other, where you can ask for permission. There are, are photographers who. Creative Commons maybe, who have taken photos and they're willing to share them and let you use them on your site. And Ronnie was an art dealer in her past life and she understands how uh, visually looking at certain, uh, you know pictures or elements impacts the healing in, in, in your limbic system. And so she carefully picked out all of these photos and I remember at the time she was writing off to these photographers, photographers to say, You know, we've we founded this nonprofit to help people who have lost loved ones to suicide, and I would love to use the image that you took. It's so beautiful, and it's going to be used, you know, in the continuing bonds section, or it's going to be used in the, you know, why section. And so I can remember that. And so not only does the Alliance of Hope have the fingerprints of all of the lost survivors, but really, it's got the self-expression of lots of people who, you know, have taken beautiful beautiful photos or written beautiful things and then the other thing I remember is that we were contacted by an organization called great nonprofits at the time and they're like the Yelp of nonprofit world and they said you know we are starting this site and we're gonna be creating a profile and if people submit reviews um, then others can find you and know that you exist. So I've lost track of where we are, but I think we're close to 500, somewhere between 400 and 500 near five-star reviews that are from lost survivors who have just reached out and because it's now on our website and shared their story. And so there's a whole other organization out there that's helping people find you know worthwhile nonprofits. And I, I remember Ronnie saying, yes, this organization's contacted us and they say that we're there whatever year it was, you know, a charity, we are a top rated health nonprofit. And that was one of the, you know, significant things for us in terms of being starting to be recognized. And then a few years down the line, we realized that, you know, so many people were coming, that we really needed to start building the infrastructure so that it could have a life beyond our own living, you know, and that even if you end suicide today, you have a century, sadly, of of loss of the ripple effect of loss survivors. So that's the work we're doing today. Is we're um, really working to go into the next. You know, we're already in our second decade, but go into sort of the next chapter of the of the life of the organization with expanded support, um, being able to be sustainable. So fundraising has been something that's you know necessary and very empowering, and that's something that I've you know focused on. And we're really grateful for the people who have showed up and and supported us in that way you know donating time or or treasure or talent um, that's the reason that the organization exists and the people who support us are actually people who have been helped by us so they're people who understand why it's so important so it's really going on because of you know ronnie started it and she talks about how a leader is someone who is the first one who gets up dancing, but all the other people start dancing afterwards. (laughs) And uh, and I I always think about that because it's so true.
2: That is true. Well, Ronnie, you are a a huge inspiration. And I think this organization is just so important. And it's a livelihood for some people, obviously. And it, it, it will... It not only brings them hope, but as Heather said, it brings them back to the living. Is there anything that we haven't talked about with regard to the organization or yourselves that you wanted to share? Before we get into last inspiring words, which you both have been so inspiring, and just the fact that you're there and you're visible, your visibility empowers the people.
0: Well... I, I, I would just say that I think I always think of the Alliance of Hope. I think it exists because of the community of people that have come together to ensure that it exists. And and it's an amazing community of people. And I think one of the things that's true for loss, suicide loss survivors, but I imagine it's true for people who experience most kinds of terrible trauma traumatic loss um as they heal they do grow stronger and they become really courageous and very kind and compassionate so when people have gone through something so horrible um and they have to struggle to get through there's this deep appreciation for all of the people who helped us who reached out to us and then i think people turn around and and um You know they have a wisdom about life but they also have this compassion where they're just not afraid to reach out to other people any longer i think that's something important to acknowledge
2: well and ronnie you have fostered a place for positive community to exist
1: i would say you know that what you just said really i think that as ronnie's daughter um you know i might tear up here but You know, I do think that I do think we each have soul blueprints, you know, and things that were meant to contribute into this lifetime. And I think that, you know, this was something that she was obviously meant to, to birth, as you said, and then all of these people who've come along, along the way, um, you know, have been part of it in, in all of the survivors who have, uh, who come and shared their stories so courageously have been part of it. And I think the most important thing for me is that people know that they're not alone. You know, they know that we have this community here and that the reason that we're sticking with this and that we're, you know, pouring our, our energy into it is because we see the transformation that people go through and that's possible and that that's really what we're committed to. I mean, Ronnie um, always has been the kind of person who is, is a stand for people's, um, Greatness, you know, and so when you're broken, it's probably hard to think about that. But, you know, ultimately, and I and the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. You know, Mm -hmm. I tend to to want to hold the space for, you know, what it is that people really are passionate about. And that's how I approach my friends and the people in my life. And I think that um, that what's possible through the Alliance of Hope is not only that, you know, uh, that someone's there for you during your darkest hour, which is it, priceless. I mean, you know, whenever we're going through a hard time to have someone be there who gets it, who understands, who says that you're not alone and, you know, we're here and we'll stay here with, with you. There's a beautiful poem that um, it's, uh, it, I don't know if I know it by heart, but it's, um, uh, what's the poem that is, um, I'll cry with you.
0: Even if it's forever, we'll do it together. We'll do it together. There yeah. it was the simple promise of connection.
1: Yeah. That's not the, it. The alliance the, of grief and hope. I'd like to get the exact quote and say it to you. <laughs> it's, it's so beautiful. Um, and it, it's, um, it's you know, uh, even if it's, if it's forever, we'll do it together. You know, it's, it's, we're here. We'll stay here for you. We'll get through this. You're not alone. And then when people get to this point in their journey where they're able to um, turn, make that turn, and they start helping others and giving back to others, we've seen this and we've seen it now for 12 years. So we see what's possible. And so when people come so broken and so raw, you know, uh, I, our, my heart breaks every time I talk to a suicide loss survivor, but knowing that they've entered this space of he, where healing is possible and where they can get help. And that it that, that that is so valuable to restore that aliveness. I think that's for me one of the, the things that drives me to continue continue on is that you see the transformation that people go through. And you meet some of the most beautiful, beautiful friends along the way in, in the darkest times of our lives. So I think that, you know, there are um, many gifts that come, unexpected gifts, even in the in the darkest hours. So
2: Well, so in closing, and of course, you two have been incredibly inspirational, and I really love how you have come about this in what you call your own spiritual journey, and that you are sharing it with others so that they can heal and be part of a spiritual journey that is empowering them to live a positive and nurturing life. So to close, Heather, let's start with I, you.
1: So this is a, an excerpt from Molly Fumia from Safe Passage, and this helped to inspire the Alliance of Hope's name, and I just think it's so beautiful. It's, I'll cry with you, she whispered, until we run out of tears. Even if it's forget- forever, we'll do it together. There it was, a simple promise of connection, the loving alliance of grief and hope that blesses both our breaking apart and our coming together again.
2: Oh, that is just beautiful. Thank you for sharing that, Heather. And the Alliance of Hope is a wonderful name. And Ronnie, your spiritual journey, we keep saying that because it is I, I it is such a great phrase for what you have been through. And what last minute inspiring words would you like to share? Mm. <laughs>
0: It's <laughs> a lot of pressure <laughs> i I think I would just like to really thank you for the opportunity to speak with all of your listeners and acknowledge you for the commitment that you have to empowering people to deliver their visions and share their visions with other people i I think for me, the thing that I've learned is that kindness seems to be so very important and who we are for each other. The love and the kindness that we have for each other seems to uh, surpass everything else that there is. So I don't know that I have any particular wisdom. I can just say that what I've learned on this journey is really to be kind and to know that I never really know what somebody else is going through.
2: I'm I'm a little bit slower to judge. Heather, Ronnie, thank you both for sharing your positive imprints and your amazing organization, the Alliance of Hope for Suicide Lost Survivors, and for bringing that to the world to help others who are living through a very difficult journey to come out of it and be kind to others because somebody was kind to them. So can we, one of you just want to give the information as to where listeners can find you?
1: Sure. Um, It's allianceofhope.org and they can access all of the resources on our website and also log into our forum from allianceofhope.org.
2: Mahalo to both of you.
1: (laughs)
0: Thank you so much. You you did such a beautiful job. I don't know what you call it, orchestrated <laughs> podcast. Is that her name? <laughs> you're, 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 you did a good job of podcast.
2: Thank you. Mahalo. Your positive imprint. What's your P.I.